This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from the Knicks tonight. Really liking it. Gordon and I will talk about it with you next. At 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain. We're here till midnight. Fred and Fitz will take over then as the conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN New York. Hey, Gordon. Larry, we're living in good times, my friends. Oh, yes. This is the best times of the season. It is. Easy, breezy, double-digit wins, back-to-back mm-hmm. games. Nice. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. It Knicks doesn't. back at 500. Uh, you got to love it. I do. I do. Uh, Julius Randle, minimal, minimal turnovers, played well. R.J. Barrett stepping up. Evan Fournier, something they've worked out, Gordon, because he seems to be more involved in the offense. Like he, he, he feels comfortable that he can shoot. He doesn't have to defer as much. And you're just seeing it's just a nice flow. And, oh, by the way, you saw some defense, Gordon. And you saw the starters come out and play well right away. They didn't really have any giant lulls in the game where, you know, it's like they forgot how to play basketball. Uh, Everybody in the starting unit played well tonight. Mitchell Robinson was fantastic. Oh, he's a monster. This was almost... In some ways, this was like the best version of the Knicks, right? Yes. Like, Randall yes. was not forced to do too much. He was a facilitator in the game. Now, he maybe took a couple of too many shots or whatnot, but, you know, it wasn't like a monster offensive, but rebounds, assists, he did all that kind of stuff. R.J. Barrett was fantastic again tonight. Another 30-point game for him. So, I mean, Mitchell Robinson, that was the best version of Mitchell Robinson you're ever going to see. Evan Fournier was productive. I mean, it wasn't the 41 points. Nope. But he still he was he was a productive player in the game. So uh, this is a, the starting unit was all in positive numbers, Larry. And Nerlens Noel played. Look at this. All three centers were available tonight. And it, it's a, it, it was such a good performance. We can get back to complaining about the Knicks starters playing too many minutes in a blowout <laughs> game. We haven't done that in a very long time, Larry. We haven't. We haven't. And you know what? We're reaching, and that's okay. That's okay. I, that's okay. That's, I don't mind that, reaching. Yeah, that's the residue of when they play well, right? Like yeah. when, when when they were playing the way they did earlier this season, nobody, everybody was saying they were playing too many minutes because they wanted to see them all off the court, basically. So uh, this is I, I much prefer this situation than that situation. When is the last time, Gordon, you looked at the stat line and saw a plus 29 for Julius Randle? It's been a while. I mean, <laughs> did you ever think you look at a game and you see Evan Fournier plus 27? That's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, wow. I mean, I feel like that that deserves to be mentioned. It does. It does. It does. So I guess if we're looking for uh, – if we're looking to complain about something, mm. um, you said it. Uh, I still like to see over top, over top and get a little more minutes. Well, I really do. Yeah, I mean – yeah, but you know what? I'll live with I'll live with the eleven minutes tonight. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yes, it didn't absolutely. really fit, right? He didn't yeah. fit tonight so much he because didn't. you didn't need to rely on him because the starters were playing so well. Mm-hmm. It's the other nights where Randall's not playing that well. The starting unit is not looking that good. The defense is a little lacking. You need a little, you know, the the energy overall is lacking. Yes. You need somebody to come in and give you a little fire off the bench, and that that's the moment where, you know, Obi Toppin's got to be playing more than 13, 15 minutes. But that's a that's a story for another day. Tonight, let's just bask in the win, bask yes. in the performance. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe we kind of thought this earlier in the year, maybe this is R.J. Barrett taking the next step forward. Now, I don't think the 32 points and 30 points is going to be the type of thing he does all the time, but – this was the guy, like, remember early in the season where we were talking about, wow, he's, you know, he's playing offense, he's playing defense, he's mm-hmm. really making these strides. And then all of a sudden, he went into this slump yeah. where it yeah. was just like it was a different player. So maybe this is the signs again of a, of a young guy. I mean, he's still only 21. He's the, I think he's the youngest guy. I got to find the exact stat. The youngest Nick to ever score 30 points or more in a game. Um, this many times, I think he, he broke the record that Porzingis had. So, I mean, 
it feels like R.J. Barrett's been here for a very long time. He's still only 21, so I think we got to remind ourselves of that every once in a while. We do, and, and I know I do, uh, because you, you get – part of it, Gordon, is because he's from Duke, and so he's from Duke. We expected him you to come him. on the court and be, right. you know, perfect. Um, and plus, you saw him too, right? You yeah, saw exactly. him that whole year at Duke, so you, you know, you feel like that adds on to how old he should be, right? Exactly. Yeah, and you know, like you said tonight, I mean, forty-one minutes, uh, productive, thirteen of twenty-two, uh, seven rebounds, couple of assists. The one thing, but but really, what jumps out, and we talked about the individuals and the starters, and rightly so, but the thing that really jumps, the three stats really jump out: rebounding, fifty-four rebounds, twenty-four assists, Gordon. And only eight turnovers for the game. Eight turnovers for the game. And Randall had five of them. So, well, look, you know, you know, the, the, that's what you want to see: the ball moving. And when the ball moves, Gordon, your turnovers are down because you're not being. People are not standing around. You're not being double teamed. You're not being forced to pass the ball late and 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 under duress. So, moving the ball helps. And this was a, a, a win against a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mavericks have been playing well. They're coming off that win against the Bulls. I mean, yeah. this is – the Knicks don't have that many wins against good teams. No, they and, don't. and for this to get them back to 500 overall, back to 500 at home, which <laughs> i got to be honest, with the way they started at home, I didn't know they were going to get back to 500 at home. This is what we were saying when they entered this stretch of games, that th- this is the time where they got to kind of – um, raise their level enough to kind of keep themselves in the fight, and this is mm-hmm. exactly what you want to see. If you want to go back to, to last year's narrative of, you know, kind of float around for a while and hit your stride, mm-hmm. you can maybe start to believe that a little bit more with the way they've played here the last couple of games. Absolutely. And, Gordon, how bad was Luca tonight? Yeah, man. Oh, he He couldn't buy a basket. And I know this has been brought up other places, and it's certainly true when you watch him for an entire game rather than just highlights. He looks heavy to me. He is. He is. Oh, he does no not look in shape. Still. Yeah. I mean, Still. we're at the halfway point, right? Like, if you come into camp, all right, fine, maybe. But, yeah, it's strange. So now the Knicks are just one game out of, uh, I think, out of eight You know, it's in the so- East. It's so tightly in the East. They yep. win three in a row. They'll be in the third seed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the time. Well, look, I, I think we kind of think that teams that have gotten off to these amazing starts this year that surprised us, they're going to cool off at some point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, you know, the Knicks are right there with the Celtics and the Wizards and, and the Raptors and maybe, uh, to a lesser degree, the Hornets. So, right, right. You know, I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in all those teams that, you know, that there's some great shake. So there's no reason why the Knicks can't get something going here. And, of course, the trade deadline is right around the corner. And who knows, maybe something is up where the Knicks make a move. And if it could only be as impactful as last year with Derrick Rose. And, and that's, again, they're doing this without Derrick Rose. That's so right. Impressive. Yeah. And, and when he comes back, it's going to be like you've gotten another player back. It's going to be like you got somebody oh, yeah. back in the trade. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's gone a long time. I mean, I know. I mean, he's That's not doing the, what, another month? Probably, I think at least, yeah. Yeah, middle of February. I can't take it. Ooh. Ooh, things get better. Ooh. I'm so frustrated, but it's going to be. It's ESPN okay. New York tonight on 987 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Damon to midnight. Let's go to the phones. Lee is in Manhattan. He's up first on ESPN New York tonight. Brother Larry, Gordon. Lee, what's going what's on, happening? Man? Listen, I'm going to say this quickly. If the Knicks could avoid the East the rest of the season and only had to play the West, we could be a 50-win team, okay? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, they always seem to do good against the West. But going back to a point that I made to you guys last week, when we knew that we had this 10-game stretch with eight games at home, two games on the road, okay? And the one game that was a blowout, and now they come back and get two blowouts, was a game they lost to Boston after beating Boston, which is a game that Fournier didn't play. And Tibbs made a comment about that when the Knicks lost that game, okay? The fact that with him being on the floor and having that veteran leadership as it, as it pertains to being able to spread the floor with the absence with the absence of Rose and as I and as I also said 
you always know what you're going to get when you got Taj Gibson and Mitchell Robinson on the floor. You don't know what you're going to get from the rest of them game in and game out. So now my question now goes back to what I asked you again last week. Do you still feel the same way in regard to the question that I asked where it pertains to this 10-game homestand with eight games being at home, two games being on the road? Because you got Atlanta coming up, which I think Atlanta looking out for revenge. Charlotte on Martin Luther King Day, which Charlotte for some reason happens to have the Knicks numbers this year. Then they turn around and I think they play, who was it, the Timberwolves on Tuesday? Then you got the Pelicans, and I think you wind up with uh, Dallas. So even with Paul George and Kawhi being hurt, how many of these games do you think the Knicks can win out of these next five? Well, it's going to be interesting, Lee, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. It's always good hearing from you because, see, I want to say they can do really well, but I'm I'm hesitant because I've, I've kind of seen this before where they get on a roll a little bit, and then there's a game that they really should win and they don't play well, and that leads to another a couple of other games that they don't play well. So, as we said before, Lee, we agreed with you. Going into this homestand, this was the time that part of the schedule for them to get well. And so far, they've done a decent job in doing that. Now, as you mentioned, Atlanta is always going to be – Atlanta has not played well. So, are they going to be able to play the type of game they play tonight where they where the ball moves and it doesn't stick – and they can play decent defense against an Atlanta team. Charlotte has played well. Uh, they've, they've played well of late. They won tonight. So, uh, it, yeah, they, they can do well during this streak, Gordon. The only question is, are they going to continue to play like they're playing now? Well, the Knicks can win any of the five, and the Knicks can lose any of the five. <laughs> I mean, I know we want to get carried away because they've been playing better, um, and, and they needed to, uh, but – you know, it's kind of the proof's in the pudding, you know, like it's it's weird because we're at the halfway point and it seems like the team is is starting to come together some. But it feels like there's been other false starts this year where we felt like the Knicks were starting to come together and it all of a sudden the roof caves in. Yeah. And so you just you know, that, that's been the problem, right? Has It's been there. The only consistent thing about this team has been their inconsistency. Absolutely. And, and so you look at them and you see how they play tonight. And listen, Gordon, you said it. This is this is the best version of this team. What you saw tonight, where they're moving Absolutely. the basketball, rebounding well, blocking shots, not turning the basketball over, moving the basketball, hitting their threes, being aggressive offensively, playing with energy. This is this is the team we expected the night after they opened up and beat Boston. <laughs> even though it took them to overtime and they lost a big lead. But this is the team. This is kind of what we've been looking for all year from this team. This is what we thought we were getting. We thought we would get it on more nights than not, and and certainly more nights than we have so far this year. Now, is this a sign that this is the team kind of figuring things out and now they're going to go on a little, not maybe a run, but they're, you know, they're going to go four and one in these next five games. I hope so. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, you got to show me, and they've shown me. You know, last couple of games, that's great, but no, they got to they got to continue to show me because they're very inconsistent. They're very inconsistent, and the other part of it is, Gordon, they've had injuries and COVID, and yep. so that has also messed with you know your consistency and having people available and building a chemistry with a new team. So they've had some issues, like everybody else in the league. But here's here's the difference: when R.J. Barrett is playing within himself and is aggressive and is using his right hand, Gordon, uh, it takes pressure off Julius Randle, and he doesn't feel he has to do everything. And the Knicks are better when he doesn't feel he has to do everything. Right. But you just take a look at these last, you know, they've won four or five now. They beat Indiana, they beat Boston, they lost to Boston, they beat San Antonio and Dallas. The Indiana game, R.J. Barrett scored 32. The Celtics, the first one, Fournier scored 41. Mm-hmm. And in the last two games, Barrett scored over 30. Is that going to be the case moving forward? The Barrett's going to now take up, a, a, you know, maybe not 30, but a, a sizable jump uh, into the 24 points a game kind of range? I, I, you know, it's a little hard for me to believe. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But for me, I'll take 20 to 25. <laughs> right, I'm but it, it almost feels like you need, you, you know, what the Knicks are missing is that – 
that that, that that score, right? That yes. guy that can, you know, kind of take over a game. And RJ's done that here the last, you know, four out of five games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a fair uh, expectation for him night in and night out. I agree with you. But in theory, that's what in theory, that's what Julius Randle's there for. He's supposed right. to be that guy that takes over. So what we're what you're actually doing is you're saving him. So when you have nights like Fournier shooting the way he did tonight and Barrett shooting the way he did, Alec, Alec Burks giving you a couple of shots. Listen, the kid, the kid Grimes off the bench, yeah, hitting hey. threes. All right, so I'll, I'll take the team aspect of it. Obviously, in, in the perfect world, that's what you want. I'll take the team aspect of it. And on moments when we are having trouble scoring, then I want to put <laughs> the bat signal out for Julius Randle to take over. And All right, let's run some plays through him, post up. Uh, give me the, you know, bring the ball up or whatever you got it. Well, no, don't bring the ball up. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> How dare you say that? You said that out loud, Larry. You let that slip. No, don't bring the ball up. But, you know, dominate in the painted area or get some twos or do what you do. But if I don't have to use him in that, now he can just be a facilitator. That's great. As Wally Zerbiak said in the postgame, and Alan Hahn agreed, he got single coverage. He never gets single coverage. But they had to double somebody else because – you know, Barrett was was going to the basket, and they and and because of that, Mitchell Robinson was dominating the board. So listen, this is this is as good as it gets. And as a Nick fan, allow me to enjoy it for tonight because I might be angry on Saturday. <laughs> it, it has that potential. It always has that potential. The Knicks are always they they are keeping it interesting at least, right? I mean, there were times this year where you thought to yourself, boy, last year was a complete mirage. Uh, this team, they got a long, you know, you're, you're back to, you know, it was less than a week ago. People were calling up and saying, you know, I got to play the kids. Let's scrap this whole season and play the kids and stuff, you know, know. so any wins that you can get to kind of get back in the mix, get back into the playoff rank, you know, standings and, and hope that, you know, they can find something to add to this team. I don't think it's going to be the blockbuster that everybody wants, but, you know, just find something that you can go to, to kind of add the production that you need on this team. Um, at the trade deadline. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. At 1-800-919-3776. So think about this, Gordon. Your phone rings, and it's... The Miami Dolphins. Uh-huh. And they say, Gordon, we need you. Oh, do, do they ever, Larry? <laughs> do they ever? <laughs> Please come back and play for us. If if I'm Arizona, and this is no this is no disrespect to Eric Waddle. None. If I'm Arizona, wherever he is, I'm throwing at him. Yeah, right? I mean <laughs> wherever he is. Prove to me that you can stay with somebody. That's all you got to do. Prove to me that you can do that. Yeah, you'd have to think early on in the game that they will take that opportunity. Unless he's only going to be in certain packages, right? Maybe nickel and dime packages, yeah. safety well, over the he's top. Gonna be, help, if he's, if like he's out there at some point, you know. We'll find you. Yeah, that's <laughs> the game. The game. The ball finds the people, right? I mean, it always seems that way. Oh, man. You know what? And, and, and we'll get to the calls in a second. I forgot about Doug Peterson as a coaching guy. He's been out of Philly. I forgot all about him. Yeah. Well, he's not. I don't think he's a possibility for the Giants. Let's put it that way. I know he isn't. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's. I feel like a lot of the names this go around, like there's no name that you're like, that's the guy. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're looking right now, you're thinking, oh, what what coach do I want? Eh, Let me read about this guy. Let me read about that guy. There's no coach out there that, you know, like Brian Dable is the one that's getting a lot of interviews. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know? Why, if I'm him, I'm, am I ready to leave Buffalo yet? I don't know if I'm ready to leave Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, especially since a lot of these jobs. Well, look, if they weren't, if, they, if it wasn't something wrong, it wouldn't be open, I guess. But you know, it seems like a lot. You know, are you ready to go to Chicago with Justin Fields and get him pointed in the right direction with that organization? You know, the Giants. It seems like, or at least they don't. I don't think they have their quarterback of the future, which might be appealing, but they're not going to likely get them this year either so you got to sit through a year and kind of deal with you know the cap ramifications and and trying to build back the organization a long-term type of thing so 
Um, it's not it's not a lot of great names and there's not a lot of great jobs. No, no. I, I think the Giants head the Giants uh, general manager job. I think is a prestigious job because it's the Giants. And and even though I I know that people look at the Giants not, but Gordon, just think of it. If you could turn this around as a GM, you could write your ticket anywhere. Well, Larry, as I pointed out last night, I think the Giants GM job is a fantastic job because the last guy drove the organization into the ground and got four years and took a victory lap on Sunday. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it it's crazy. is crazy. Taking pictures on the sidelines. Hey, look at it. Smile. Everybody cheese. <laughs> look, at, look at my product on the field. Yeah. Now. Come, come here, Daniel Jones. Say, come on, come on over. Come, come on over, guys. Jake Fromm, get in this picture. Come on, get in this picture here. Mike, come on, Glenn, Glenny, baby. Mike, Mike, bend down, Mike. You got the neck there. You know, it's Mike's top of his head is out of the picture. Oh man! And Jerry Reese was fired in the middle of the season. Uh, it's amazing. You know, that's the thing. Like, like the reasoning is, well, you know what? There was no, there was no benefit to firing him because we it wasn't like we were going to get a jump on on the next guy, Jerry Reese. Won Super Bowls. I know. Wait a second. If there was no benefit, why was I getting thrown out like the trash? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's just, it's, it makes you shake your head. It does. And it, it wasn't like it wasn't like he did. Well, you know, he was okay. He had some. You know, there was some good things and some bad things. Imagine, you know, like you let Phil Jackson finish out the season, you know, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's Phil, it's the end of the road for Phil here. So let's let him finish out the entire season. What? Yeah. What are we doing? Well, they almost did. <laughs> I mean, they, they waited till they, till he got his, 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 his uh, bonus or his next year's contract was guaranteed. The pay, they had to pay him. Right. Well, they waited until after the draft as well, uh, <laughs> which yeah, was exactly. not exactly <laughs> ideal timing. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not at all. Let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. We'll hear from Tom Thibodeau in a moment. Right now we hear from Buddha in the Bronx on 98.7. Hey, you know something, man? I love y'all so much, man. Y'all playing a little Paul Hawkcastle Rainforest. Man, yeah, that takes a boy back, kid. <laughs> <laughs> that man was dancing with. Oh, now you have a crush on this girl. Her name was Magdalena Rivera. We used to call her Maggie. She lived on Gun Hill Road. I was, mm. oh, my God. I was all into her. Uh-huh. That poor Carl Castle was all. We was in Truman High School. I'll never forget that, man. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. <laughs> 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 now, listen, all, the, all that all that stuff that you see right now in your head, don't say it. All that stuff no, you play no, back no. in your head, Buddha, listen. don't do it. Mm-mm, my wife is up, too. You know I mean? <laughs> That's why I told you, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. You're right. Oh, man. Listen, you know, um, real quick, before I get to my point, man, you know, I always like to do my little um, MIA PSA announcements, man. Uh, you know, where in the world is Carmen San Diego and my man Val from the Bronx? Yeah. You haven't heard that dude in a minute. You all right? No. Yo, Val, if you listening, call in. Let us know you good, fam. He waited you know for the ping pong It's been balls. a few months, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I got to make sure my people is all right, man. You know? That's it. Roll call. Buddha you know roll call. You know how I do. Absolutely. You know how I do. Absolutely. But listen, um, you know, um, you know, recently with RJ Barrett's success, and then also the um the let go of Joe Judge, there's one person in New York City who's absolutely ecstatic about both of those things happening. And his name is Julius Randle. I mean, <laughs> you know, just imagine if Joe if Joe Judge didn't get fired. And if R.J. Barrett didn't have back-to-back 30-point games, you know, do you know what it would be like for a man in this town? Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Ooh. Oh, man. You know, Gordon, like you said uh, earlier, um, well, I mean, I was one of the people. Yeah, I, mean, I was still one of the people, you know, you know, let the kids play. Like Wu-Tang says, you know, we're here for the children. Um, if they don't make a trade, and, it, and like you said, it's not going to be a blockbuster trade. No. But if they don't get another player in here, if they don't get, like, somebody in here with length who can defend and give you 15 or 16 points a game, this is going to be a disaster, man. That West Coast trip is coming up, mm-hmm. and that pimp slap is coming. You understand know what I'm saying? Like, they've beaten these bad teams, 
And, you know, a lot of times that's fool's gold. You think everybody done turned the corner and things got right. I mean, you know, Julius Randle, like, what did, you know, he really did it. He, he did himself in there, man. I worry about his wife and his kid on the, um, you know, on the front row. They must be hearing some things that are not good. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are, Buddha. Thanks for checking in, my friend. And I think that's part of what, uh, not that it excuses it, as we mentioned, Gordon, but I think that's part of what set him off the other night is, you know, some of the stuff that he's hearing and he knows is, you know, his his um, his family's right there. And it, it's hard to, you know, you f- you feel for that, especially his kid. Yeah, you know, it's weird, though. I don't feel like Nick fans are the ones who are that really that upset about him giving the thumbs down. I feel, I, I, I don't More know. Rocks, right? I, I know it was it was directed at them. But the, the Nick fans that I, you know, I talk to or, you know, I see tweets or whatnot, they're more upset of us bringing it, continuing to bring it up. Like, ah, let's just move on. And as long as he plays well, uh, they, they'll be, they'll be, they'll move on. Uh, they don't, they, I don't think that they'll uh, let this linger too long. But, you know, this could always, you know, as Buddha said, this could always go the other way. I mean, th- this is the kind of team that they are. They're, they're, they're kind of, you know, two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. So. Yeah, it's good right now, and it it does look like it may be pointed in the right direction for the first time in a while. But no, this is a this is a flawed team. Uh, they're not they're not uh, a whole lot better than they were last year. Uh, if they are even better than they were last year, I think they're pretty much the same record as they were at this point last year. So, mm-hmm. and they made the two big acquisitions. So, yeah, I think that they got to go out and do something. I, I haven't seen a name yet that seems to make sense, but. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that means that Leon Rose is burning the midnight oil. It would be. I, you know who I wanted? And I, think, I don't know who I was talking. might have been Jake the Snake. We were talking about this maybe last week. Uh, somebody I was talking to that I wanted, um, Jeremy Grant. That's a name that's gotten mentioned. I, I, cause I wanted him as a free agent because he's that, that guy you're talking about. He's that guy that can defend. He can score. He's got some size. Um, you know, somebody like that. Now, I don't know what it would take to get him, but some somebody of that nature I would like to see added because it gives you some depth. You know what I'm saying, Gordon, in, yeah. in your front court? And he's a, he's a guy that can score, and he's a guy that can defend a little bit. So And rebound. He, you know, he, he's, he, he's a good player. So I would like to see. He signed with Detroit, did he? I think he was. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I was like, "Why did you sign there?" Duh, because they offered them the money. So, right, <laughs> you know. But I would like to see somebody like that. You know, that would yeah. Be still, a I think he's still a young guy, right? twenty six, yeah. twenty seven, mm-hmm. something like that. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, that's the thing with the Knicks. There's no, there's no player to me on the Knicks that I'm like, oh, I'm not trading that guy. Mm-hmm. But it has to be the right deal as well. So, sure. there's not really anybody out there that I'm like, well, the Knicks have no need for that guy at all. But it's all about, you know, what do you give up? What do you get back? And mm-hmm. um, we shall see. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, attacking the rim, putting a lot of pressure on the rim, uh, making the right reads, uh, getting the ball out, not fighting pressure, uh, forcing the defense to collapse, making great effort plays, and uh, that got us going. I thought, you know, RJ monster game, Mitch monster games, our starters were fantastic. That may have been the best game of the year by our starters. Really played hard and played well. When's the last time Tom Thibodeau had nothing to complain about from the starters? Wow. Yeah, I, I don't really think that there's a long list of candidates to compete against this game in terms of this is the best game the starters have had. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, true. I think that one's, that one's pretty clear cut. It definitely is. That was Tom Thibodeau bringing us back to this edition of ESPN New York tonight. He also, uh, Gordon, was talking about how consistent Julius Randle has been and how important that is. No, no, yeah, I mean, well, you, you, you constantly talk to Julius, every, you know, like, the, and you talk to the team every day. That's your job, right? So, but Julius is a pro. He's navigated the ups and downs of, the, of, of this league for a long time. So, he knows where he stands in the league, and he knows what he has to do. And uh, there was no change in his approach in practice, uh, in sitting down, talking to him. 
That's that's who he is. So just come in and get the job done. Don't get lost in look in this league. You can get distracted very easily by a number of things, and the challenge is not to get distracted, to keep the focus on exactly what it should be on. The next day, have a great practice, get ready for your opponent, know your opponent better than they know you, know what you have to get done so you can play well. If you're prepared well, you'll play well. If you practice well, you'll play well. Practice creates the reality of, of, of the game. It's, you know, like if you practice well, you're going to play well. Practice well, just keep the focus there. And then, of course, Thibodeau talking about Julius Randle and the distractions of the, you know, the situation we were just talking about, going with the thumbs down. And once again, listen, he plays like tonight. Nobody's booing him. Nobody's booing him. You just have to continue to play well, put it behind you, and that was one game, and, you know, continue to play hard. You'll be okay. Yeah. Nick fans are 95% on your side. Please, <laughs> I mean, 98 yeah, I mean, they are the most loyal fan base. And if you're giving them effort and heart and, and, and you know, showing up and, and doing the work, even if you're not producing at the level that you did last year, but they, they you know, they can see that you are, you know, working hard and, and, and putting out the effort, they're going to be on your side. No doubt about it. Tom Thibodeau on uh, the work R.J. Barrett's been putting in of late. No, it, that's what I love about R.J. is steady. He doesn't. He never gets too high. He never gets too low, and he's you know he's putting a lot of extra work in right now. He's coming back at night, and I think that's a big factor. You love to see that, Gordon, and that's one of the things that we've always talked about him, and that's why we felt that he would get better. He has the work ethic and the desire to be really, really good, and so when you come back, because <laughs> very few people do that, Gordon, when you're a pro. When you come back and you're putting the work in, and listen, Gordon, you see the difference. You see his the consistency now starting to hit the outside shot. He's more confident going to the basket. And the one thing that he is now doing better, and there were a couple of, you know, more consistently, is he's finishing at the rim on the drives. That was the thing that was so frustrating in the first couple of years was oh, his inability to finish yep. because he wasn't strong enough to do it. Now he's worked on his upper body. He is when he turns the corner, Gordon. He's getting yep. to the basket. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, look, I mean, he, th that's the kind of guy that anybody can root for, right? The, the mm -hmm. hard work. I, I know he was the third pick in the draft, but he doesn't have a skill set that necessarily, you know, jumps off the screen at you. You know what I mean? He's not like the explosive guy that uh, you know you might see at the third pick in the draft. But he's a worker, man. He grinds through things. He works hard, and he's kind of the perfect fit for Tibbs. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And you can tell he loves him. Yeah. <laughs> he loves him. And respects the hard work. How could you not? Right. That's, that coaches love that thing. You, listen, you can, you don't have to be the, the most talented, but if you're the hardest worker, coaches will love you and will give you an opportunity to play. Maybe sometimes when, you know, your, your talent should keep you on the bench a little longer than it should. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, I hope the, you know, this is, this is kind of, you know, I know I said this before, but this was kind of what we thought was going on to start the year, right? Like, here's year three of R.J. Barrett. This is the year he's going to take this major step forward. And then out of nowhere, he just kind of fell off the map. So maybe this is a sign that he's going to get back going in the right direction again and that this, this step forward is going to be maintained, uh, maybe not to this level, 30 points a game. But you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm, the, sure. you know, the next step in his maturation as a player. Absolutely. Finally? Five consecutive wins at home. Coach, what's been the difference? Just daily work, commit to improvement, commit, commit to playing for the team, play as hard as you can on every possession. And, we, you know, we've, had, we've got, gotten going a little bit, and then, you know, we get knocked down, we get guys go out, but the, the, I think the guys that have stepped in, now they're getting a rhythm. So our starters playing well, our bench playing well. You need everyone. And you got to play for 48 minutes. And so we're still striving to do that. But I think we're strong now. We're getting a lot stronger on both sides of the ball. And that's the difference. And you know what, Gordon? It's, it's no secret. And I understand it's the NBA and defense is overrated. There's no question. We know that there's great scores in this league. And great defense is not going to stop a number of great scores, right? But if you can be consistent in how your effort is defensively, that you just make shots difficult, that you don't give up wide open shots, especially from the three where they were just not closing out at all. And they still do it sometimes, but it's not as bad as it was early in the season. Uh, that's been the big difference. And your defense, as Walt Clyde Frazier always says, spurs on your offense sometimes. 
Yeah, and the Knicks are not the, you know, their talent level overall is is not that they can have those lulls. You know, if you, if mm-hmm. you have the talent that can overcome that, okay, fine. The Knicks have to be kind of even keel, and and that's the you know the strength of their team is how they kind of uh, they can kind of you know. Um, bring effort every single night and, and and not fall into these giant lulls because when they fall into those, you know, other teams, you know, the Nets, if they fall into a 15-point hole in the first half, they'll, they'll, there's no problem. They'll be able to outscore that, uh, their way out of that. The Knicks are not that talented of a team that they can do that on a regular basis. Every once in a while, maybe, but not uh, not like they were earlier this year where the, the, the defense – it was not even that it was like lackluster. It was non-existent. I mean, <laughs> you know, guys drive the lane, and it was over and over again. Guy drives the lane, they they collapse towards him, kick out for three, bang. You know, I mean, it was every single time. So hopefully this is now going to be a little bit more of consistency overall in all aspects of the team because that's what they, they can't they can't afford to play any other way. No, they can't. And they're not going to be successful any other way. They're just not built for it, like you said. No, they, they can't be. It's it's a losing proposition for them. Charlie's in Elmhurst. He's next on ninety eight seven. Hey, Charlie. Good evening, guys. So I actually got a Nick point, but I want to get it. Pose this question first before you get and get into the mix. So since two thousand sixteen, how many judges were in this town? Are in this town? Judges? I mean, Joe Judge and Aaron Judge? No, no, only one. Only since 2006, there's only one judge in this town. That's Aaron Judge. The other one, forget it. That doesn't deserve that last name. That last name doesn't deserve. He's an absolute evil, fraudulent, uh, uh, a nonsensical clown. So good riddance to him. There's only one judge, and it's supposed to be one judge in this town. And that's Aaron Judge, and he's the only one. So the last two years, that was no, that was an absolute nobody evil uh, fraud. So okay. just to want to get, let me short that. Right. <laughs> and it was a long it, way to get there, Charlie. I'm not gonna lie, long way to get there. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, well, Aaron Judge deserves it. Deserves it. Gotcha. It deserves more Hopefully than that. Hopefully, we get to see Aaron but Judge anyway, this year. That would be nice. Sure would be. I mean, don't get me started with the lockout stuff. So we'll get to that next next time around. So, but in terms of the Knicks, mm-hmm. um, this is the starting uh, five, like production wise, kind of I think that people envision. Like, oh, I mean, I mean, the, today bench only scored like seventeen points. And of course, the Knicks has bench had one of the been needed. So, uh, like, like the fact that Randall had a solid game. Of course, not taking on fans in New York, that is not a good thing. But this is the type of performance that I'm looking for. R.J. Barrett, uh, of course, attacking the basket. I mean, not selling, not selling, selling for you know jump shot, not for three. Not, I don't like this team like jacking off like after one or two passes, jacking off some threes. That's not good. That's not good. So this is the type of performance from the starters that I, I think we all envision. And of course, there's minus Kemba Walker. So, uh, and it's it's all about consistency with the Now they won five in a row home. That's good. That's a good thing. This like very very important uh, uh, games coming up for this team. So I mean, it's back to five hundred. Basically, square one. It's square one. Season starts back home Saturday, and let's go Knicks. Absolutely, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. And that's look. That's what you. That, that's what you want from your team. I, I get that it's, you know, this is a good team. And I understand that they were, you know, didn't have Porzingis and, and they were undermanned a bit. But still, I, Knicks have lost to teams that were worse than this. Oh. Court. I'll take this win. I mean, I, they I, lost I, the Thunder it. not that long ago. <laughs> you know, I'll take this win. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy with it. And very, I'm not I'm not giving the, the Mavericks a pass on Porzingis. I mean, they always play without Porzingis. I mean, the guy's yes, never should, there. I mean, he should be used to playing without him. Woof. I mean, the unicorn. Boy, there was never a more fitting nickname for a guy, huh? <laughs> yeah, he was just a figment of our imagination, huh? <laughs> it did steal a little bit of the juice tonight. I mean, it was a great win. It was fun and all that. You know, I mean, it was pretty much a home-home victory. I mean, there was really uh-huh. not a moment where you felt like, oh, boy, here we go. But. Yeah, it would have been a little nicer to do it right on, right on, uh, you know, KP. Absolutely, absolutely, sure would have. When we return, John Mara spoke, and Gordon he said some things that had me shake my head. Yeah, one jumps out at me right away. 
You'll hear from the owner, well, the co-owner of the New York Football Giants next on 98.7 ESPN. Is this your lowest moment in your association with the Giants? I mean, is this, is this as embarrassed as you've been about the franchise? Honestly, I would have to say yes. Yes, it is. Um, I kept thinking during the season that uh, we had hit rock bottom and that each week it got a little worse. So, uh, honestly, I'm not proud of saying this, but if I'm going to be 100% honest, I would have to say it is yes. Third and nine in the victory formation. Yeah, I'd say so too. <laughs> it's ESPN in New York tonight here on 9870 ESPN. Hardestein Dame until the top of the hour. And Gordon, these were one of the, one of many things that John Mara said today that uh, caught my attention. Yeah, I mean, he's very good at at least giving the impression that he's taking it as hard as everybody else. Like every time he does, at least the last five years, every time he does one of these press conferences where people ask him, you know, tough questions about how the team is playing and, and how bad things are for the Giants, he always, he always at least initially will, will, will wear it uh, in terms of, you know, how much it's wearing on him. Uh, and he'll show it, right? Like saying we hit rock bottom, that every week he got worse. This is the most embarrassed he's been. Uh, the fans, they're not going to believe me anymore if I tell them that I'm gonna, we're going to get this turned around. But it's about the doing, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard this all before. Yeah. And yeah. I heard it all when they, you know, they allowed Dave Gettleman to just continue to run the organization into the ground. And it was obvious to everybody. So let's hope that this is the sign of them getting it right this time, that it's about picking the right people. And they can't pick anybody worse than they had running the show <laughs> the last four years. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this is a sign that they will do different, do business differently. I'm, they got to show me. Yeah. They've, they've that, worn out their credit. And that's one of the questions that he was asked today. Uh are you confident you can make the right choice in GM and head coach? I do, and obviously I don't expect a lot of people to believe that given what's happened over the last few years, and I'm going to have to earn their trust again. But I, I feel very good about the group of candidates for the general manager position that we have scheduled right now. I think any one of a number of them would make an excellent general manager. So I, I am confident that, that we have the resources to make the right choice here. So why should fans trust you to get this right? Well, I haven't given him any reason to believe that. It's up to me to make the right choices, up to Steve and I to make the right choices going forward to earn back their trust. And that is not going to be an overnight process. That's going to take some time, but it starts with getting the general manager pick done correctly and then with hiring the right head coach. Now, that's going to be a process that we're going to have to earn their trust again. And as I said, that's not going to happen overnight. He's right. (laughs) You're not even a fan, and he doesn't have your confidence right now. Right? So, no, I would. So you? clearly, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like it's all well and good, and those are the those are the questions that are going to get all the attention. To me, the most, and I don't know if we have this one. Well, when he was getting asked about uh, both Chris Mara mm-hmm. and Tim McDonald, who are you know part of the front office, and he blamed the media for the idea that these guys have any say, even though their titles will tell you that they have say. Chris Mara is one of the peop- one of three people sitting in on the interviews for the GM candidates. How could he not have any say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that would worry me a little bit because, yeah, it's all well. The, the first step is admitting you have a problem, but then the second step is you got to do something different to change yourself before you can expect the change in the results. You're right. And I think we do have that. Um, okay. Gordon, let's go to uh, Chris and Tim. Uh, Chris and Tim Mara's suggestions don't carry extra weight. Here's what John Mara had to say in response to that. I, I do not think it holds any more sway. It, it, that has not been my experience here. I, I, lis- I listen to them, uh, but there are, there are many voices in this building, but the only two voices at the end of the day Uh, that matter are the head coach and the general manager. They make the final determination. They listen to them because they recognize their evaluation skills, but there are other people in the building who have evaluation skills as well and who have voices as well, but they do not have undue influence on the final decisions that are made here. They absolutely do not. So is that your view on the perception that the family isn't held accountable? Well, that perception has been created by you and others. And the reality is that in terms of my brother, my brother spends most of his time 
doing evaluation of college players. His grades go into our system and he's participates in the draft. All personnel decisions in this building, and this has always been the case, have been made by the general manager and the head coach. When they agree on a personnel decision, they come to me with it. And as long as they're both in agreement, I okay it. The only times I, I would possibly not do that is if there was an off the field conduct issue. So Chris is a very skilled evaluator, but he does not have any authority here other than the fact that I will go to him on occasion and ask him about players. Tim is probably the most respected guy we have in this building. Coaches, front office staff, general manager, go to him, ask his advice on players because he is a good evaluator. He's worked his way up from the bottom and he's earned his stripes. He does not have any authority here. The personnel decisions have always been made and will always be made by the general manager and the head coach. If they agree on on a draft pick, on a UFA, uh, then I'm going to okay it 99.99% of the time. Uh, the only time I will raise an issue about it is if there is a conduct issue. I'll question them about it. I'll make them defend their positions and I'll make sure that they're on the same page. But at the end of the day, if they're in agreement, then that's the decision we're going with. You buying it, Gordon? Of course not. That is the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's just take it from the let's just take him at his word, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, well, these guys, they're just into the player evaluation. Right, they they don't have any authority to make any moves, and the, and the fact that they are family and everybody knows that they are family, that doesn't have any extra weight uh, on what they say. Well, if all they're doing is player evaluations, and we all admit that the roster stinks because of the bad drafts that you've had over the years, and they do have they don't have decision making power, but they're part of the voices in the room that people listen to. Isn't it fair to think that their evaluations stink too? Yeah, and they're still here. So right? they aren't being held accountable. No. I mean, there's, it's ridiculous. I mean, the fact that Chris Mara, you're saying that, well, you know, he's just a guy. You know, he, he, he's making it out like he's like some scout who's, you know, just grinding numbers and looking at film in some back room and they go to him for advice every once in a while. He's in the interviews when it comes to the GM prospects. So clearly he has a pretty important voice. He's had a hand in the mess that they've made. Absolutely. He has. And listen, we understand it's a family business. We get it. But it doesn't mean that he he doesn't have to be fired from the business. He can be reassigned. Absolutely. There's something else he can do. If he's not getting it done and he's put you in a position where you he's helped, one of the reasons that you had to say that this is the worst situation, you paraphrasing, this is the right. most embarrassed you've been. This is the most been. embarrassed you've ever been. I would think everybody should be on high notice. Exactly. He could be reassigned. It's, it's, it's not good. It's unbelievable. It's not good. Last thing I'm going to run for you, uh, Gordon, which I was curious about because many people were talking about it, uh, was Joe Judge's press conference the final straw? Obviously, I wasn't thrilled with that particular press conference, but I can't say there was one specific act that was the last straw. It was just a culmination of things. We just got to a point where I where I thought we had dug ourselves a hole so deep that I didn't see a clear path to getting out of it unless we completely blew it up and started all over again with a new general manager and a new head coach. I still think that there is a really good head coach inside of Joe Judge. I just felt like given where we are right now on the verge of bringing in a new general manager, we have to give that person the flexibility to bring in the head coach that he wants. And I, I think that was a large part of the decision here in, in making a, in making a change. I just felt like we really needed to just start from the ground up again. All right, John. So if that, if the press conference wasn't the last straw, how about the quarterback sneaks? Obviously, those weren't my favorite play calls in the world. I wish we had run that back when Pisarczyk was here. But, <laughs> but that was just one minor factor in the overall scheme of things. Obviously, not what I was looking for watching the game. But, you know, you can point to any number of play calls that any of us could have second-guessed. But uh, it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, let's put it that way. A bit of a surprise? <laughs> yeah. Well, you look, I don't think he's wrong there. It was just a cute, you know, everything just kind of added up. Like, why why are we going to keep this guy here? There's no way we can sell it to anybody. There's no justification you can have for keeping this guy as the head coach. If you're undergoing all these other changes, uh, then why would you keep the coach here when you're bringing in a new GM and the possibility that by keeping the coach, you might limit the field of GM prospects? It doesn't make any sense. 
You're right, Gordon. But all reports indicate that he was going. He was ready to bring him back. Yeah. Well, like sometimes he's bring you him get, back, and then yeah, Gettleman sometimes you though get saved from your biggest mistakes, right? <laughs> like you know, sometimes the fates just and look, the the Giants are a they are a um, a, um, a an organization that has been known to have some good fortune. Not yes. recently. Not recently. <laughs> no. no. But they have had some some things go their way in the past, and who knows? Maybe this is the the point where we'll turn they'll turn things around here in, in short order, and you'll say, "Well, thank God the season ended like it did last time, so that this way they cleared everything out." And well, not everything. <laughs> some people aren't going anywhere. Nope. But the, the coach and the GM, they moved on from them. Steve's in Rockland. He's next on ninety eight seven. What's up, Steve? Oh boy, you know what? Let me tell you what John. Let me tell you how smug. John Mara is. Do you know that the that the flagship station, the flagship radio station for the New York Giants, was denied access, live access to to that to that dog and pony show this afternoon? All right, that's part one, guys. All right, then on top of everything else, you know, it's. It, you know, Joe Judge isn't complaining because, you know, he's going to get $10 million for the next two years if he does nothing except play golf. I think it's All actually right? three. I think, he's, I think he's actually getting paid three years. Oh, really? So I, th- I thought that's years. what I read. I thought he got a five-year deal, but I well, could be wrong. possible. You know what? I know, I know it's not less than 10. No. This guy comes in, right, and – I mean, you, I guess you could afford to be smug when you show a guy the door and you don't mention, oh, by the way, we still owe him $15 million. You know, I, I just and – who's, and who's paying for this? The interest off of PSLs. I don't know if they could have done it. I don't know if the old man would have had the heart to kick all of those season ticket holders from the polo grounds, okay, who had to give up their tickets? Who kicked them out of the of that stadium, which is like for a new—that's the best they could come up with for a new building. Well, I tell Honestly. you, Steve. Listen, thanks for the phone call. It's 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 a situation, and that tells you from a financial point just how bad Joe Judge was, Gordon. Yeah, they oh would, yeah, They're they would pay give him, him three years. Because listen, right. he's not gonna be doing nothing else. <laughs> What's he gonna be doing? Not well, in look, the I'm sure he, can, he won't be. Uh, no, I mean he's not college, gonna be a head maybe. coach, but I mean maybe he could be a special teams coach again. Maybe he goes back. You know, he's a young man. He's only forty mm-hmm. years old. It would not yeah. shock me at all if he did get another chance. If he goes someplace, I mean, he's already been at Alabama and with the Patriots, so he's mm-hmm. well regarded by uh, you know powerful people. So I'm sure he will get another chance to. You know, maybe not be ahead. I don't think this is going to be an Adam Gase situation. I think okay. he's going to get another opportunity to go someplace else. But, you know, you just talk about the stadium itself, boy. Oh. What a sw- – I mean, you see all these builds, like the Raiders game the other night, yeah. right? I mean, uh-huh. that stadium looks unbelievable. I, I know the one out in uh, L.A. It cost $5 billion. But, I mean, that, that stadium is unbelievable. There's nobody anywhere. Who is saying to themselves, like, if you're if you're going on like a tour of stadiums around the country, nobody is saying anywhere. You know what? Let's check off MetLife. Let's get no. to MetLife so we can check that one off the list. I think Giant Stadium was better. Uh, at least it had some. Uh, had look, some it had character. its flaws, but it had, had some, some character, character, right? You know, it, it did have it. some character. Yep, it had a little character to it. It did. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.